Do you want to know how to pray? St. Alphonsus of Liguri reminds us, those that pray save themselves. Those who do not pray condemn themselves. If prayer doesn't mean anything to you, or you're willing to give the first steps in prayer, or you're willing also to bring your prayer to the next level, this episode is for you. Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. Salve Maria, Father Arthur. Salve Maria. Salve Maria, Brother Justin. Salve Maria. Welcome to the audience for another episode of Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. And we also give a quick uh, hello, a quick Salve Maria to all those who are listening to us in Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice in your home. Also for all the audiences that are actually spreading and growing in YouTube and so on. Uh, last two weeks, I think we had 1,000 more subscribers. And that is a very, very interesting uh, thing. So please do not forget, if you haven't done so, to share the program and also to go into the, um, the the comments and leave comments and also subscribe and share and everything else because that helps us tremendously. But the problem today, as advertised, we are talking about prayer. And it, the, the, the program today is intended to all those who are giving the first steps in prayer, those who would like to establish the habit of praying, and also to all those who, well, somehow want to bring prayer to the next level. So for, for, for that reason, we have, again, for everybody, I think there's going to be something that you can take home regarding prayer. Now, Father, um, let's start with the most basic question, perhaps. Uh, what is prayer? Let's Beautiful. start by there, right? Of course. Prayer actually is the, the essence of religion. There's no religion without prayer. Prayer is uh, the communication of the person with God. So, St. John Chrysostom, he gives the definition saying that is the raising up of the mind and heart to God. And that's pretty much a classic definition, no? I think most of the... In the, Catholic, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Exactly, exactly. It's universal, East and West. Exactly. So, uh, it, uh, it means that um, everyone needs to communicate. Why we need to communicate? Because actually, how do you express that you love somebody? You express that you love somebody by talking to him or talking to her. Well, if you ignore, if you ignore <laughs> the other party, I mean, it's not going to be a good relationship. Exactly. Right? No, no, there's no, no communication, no relation. Oh, no, <laughs> Precisely. So, with God, it's exactly the same. Because actually, our first communication is with God. That's the number one communication. We were born because God wanted to talk to us. So, we were born. He wanted to talk to us. So, uh, we... Uh, have to to pray in the sense that we have to talk to God. And we will see that prayer is very, very, uh, very wide. I mean, there are many types of prayers and, and actually somebody should pray in many different ways. There's not only one prayer. So when we are praying, we are saying to God that we love Him. When we're not praying, are saying to God Nothing. that we don't love him. <laughs> we don't love him, we ignore him. We just, <laughs> exactly. well, I don't know. I we we spoke simple. about this in prior podcasts, but it's interesting to note is that the lack of prayer enters into an area which is not hatred of God, but it's indifference. The indifferentism yeah. is, is very terrible because that detaches the person from the realm of prayer. Exactly. So it's very hard to re-engage that person back into prayer. 
But also if you pay attention, no, I mean, the, the building elements of any relationship uh, is exactly common experiences and common emotions. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that applies to absolutely everything. Yes, could be to a family, could be husband and wife, could be to a relationship, a romantic relationship if you want, but could also be a team relationship. I mean, what really unites a team, what really unites a group and everything else is common experiences and common emotions. And here is the problem with prayer too. Because if we are going to build this language that, that no, you're, you're pointing us to, um, okay, if we foster our common experiences with the Holy Spirit, with God, with divine providence, in which we got the Father, got the Son, got the Holy Spirit, and our common experiences are there, obviously, right, we are going to have a stronger and a stronger and a stronger relationship. Exactly. And here comes the point, perhaps. Sorry for my long intervention, but emotion too. Emotion is fundamental to connect people. Without emotions, we become autistic, right? But at the same time, what happens? When we base everything on emotions, oh, <laughs> of course, everything collapses. Exactly. And Father, can we say but that... But it's in the same idea, in the same direction, that you either become incredibly dried out when it's, when it's without emotion, but you become incredibly overwrought when it's only emotion. Of course. But the end result is the same. But probably, Brother Justin, just tying up with, with what you say, no, and, and Father, you, you help us on this one, because most of people, they are building their prayer life in a good relationship with God, and then emotions start to fail. Either we feel dry about prayer, uh, there is no more emotional touch, right? There is no more that, you know, whatever, you know. Sparkle. Sparkle, Yeah. And then most of us tend to abandon the life of prayer just because the emotional side happens. Is, uh, but isn't that, I mean, that, that needs to be pointed out because imagine a family. No? Oh, no. You don't have to imagine. It happens all the time. <laughs> why, do we have, why do we have so many divorces? Why do we have so many yeah. people breaking up? Well, because the emotions are not there. And that's when we have to go deeper into our relationship. And so how, co- how can we apply that to the life of prayer? Precisely because actually we have, first of all, we have to be sincere. We have to be sincere with God. So we know that we are dependent people. We depend on God. That's, that's the, 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 the step number one. You have to, to understand that you are not self-sufficient. You depend on God and you need that relation with God. Somebody defined a prayer as a two-thirst. God is thirsty for you. And you have to be thirsty for God. That, that's the beginning of our conversation, of our prayer. I remember hearing a, a slightly different angle, but it's somewhat the same, in which it says that in the corporal hunger, we feel it. So when we eat, we, we are hungry, mm-hmm. we eat, we're, we're, we're satisfied. But when we, in the spiritual sense, we can die of starvation without even recognizing it. But the more we eat, the hungrier we become. Exactly. Beautiful. So it's it's kind of in the opposite opposite angle. So you can spiritually be a glutton. You can eat, you can pray and what have you, and you'll become hungrier. Your appetite will be for much far, far more acute. While if you don't pray, then your uh, appetite dies and you become dried out. And, and maybe this is why he said, ask and you will receive. Not only as material things, you, you, you want to ask this thirst of God, this desire to be with God, and you will receive, he will give you. Because he is infinite. So the amount of communication that he has to give to you is infinite. 
And this is number one. So we need to understand that prayer is not just to ask for things. No. To ask something. No? But here's also the, the, when everything is told, no? Because if you are going to show love for someone or something, uh, you that love will have to overcome times in which you don't feel doing good, you don't feel waking up in the morning, you don't feel going to work, and yet you do out of love. And that's probably what sets apart you know, with the real prayer from, or, or, or maybe God is, that, that's the way he tries to, to guide us in prayer. Of course, sometimes he comes to test our love, because actually love is not a feeling. A feeling is a secondary aspect of love. Love is a conviction, it's a desire. So sometimes God puts you to test to see if your desire is really sincere. And this is a problem with it. It's a little bit counterintuitive in some, somehow, no? Because you have many people who would say, no, if I don't do what I feel, I'm a hypocrite. And that's not true. That's, uh, not. that's a lie. Of course. Uh, we, we are not feeling animals. We are rational animals. Yes. So <laughs> that's a big difference. So we need to do what, what we, we uh, our reason and our good intention tells us to do. Love is a virtue. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? Not a feeling. And it, it's, so it's directed towards our soul. And, that, and the, the soul is where our intellect and will reside. Emotions reside within the body, not in the soul. So if love was merely a, a feeling, that would mean that it was a low, it's not a virtue. It's a low element. Absolutely. A, a, a mere chemical reaction. Exactly. But love is a virtue, and we're supposed to live through love, and God is love. So therefore, that puts us in a spot where we have to understand that it does not have, in a sense, we have to re remind ourselves that it has to be, it's much more, and it is separate from any sensation. But isn't that probably the reason what is at the basis of uh, the complete and constant loss of the cultural wars in that sense? Because if we have reduced Christianity and, 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 the, and, what, uh, and spirituality to feelings, That's then it. when There's feelings no, no, fail, we are lost. Sure. No? And I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to you know, what, enrage here or, 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 or hurt anybody you know, who is, no, but my feelings. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking that uh, a long-lasting relationship with God needs to be strengthened. Yes, with feelings, of course, we are human, but also with something else that is going to help us persevere through prayer and through hard times. Otherwise, the moment feelings go away, we don't pray anymore. And if we don't pray anymore, our soul dies. Exactly. So this relation with God that you look into when you're praying is something that is, uh, something that, that is first of all, of your spirit. Elijah, when he was praying, to God, he was at the the, uh, at the cave, and and uh, God was going to come. God didn't come in the in the uh, the earthquake and the uh, the storm and this and this and that, etc. He came in the silence. He came in a whispering. It's a very difficult uh, term to translate, also, but he came in something very peaceful, and he was talking to the heart of the heart of of uh, Elijah. But you see that Elijah has no doubt. Yes, he, he says no. It's, no, the Lord's not there, and all of a sudden becomes signs that the Lord's here. He, exactly. he doesn't doubt. He doesn't hesitate. He knows it's true because uh, God was coming with a uh, a divine feeling, and not an emotional and animal feeling. I think we would imagine that God was present in the storm. 
Yeah. Because it was cracking mountains. We're not talking about a little <laughs> no. thunder and lightning. Thrashing mountains. So we're not talking about something light. It was powerful. But no, it wasn't there. Now, am I Beautiful. saying that God wasn't capable of doing that? No. God caused those no, different of course, events. Of course, of course. But he wanted to teach Elijah another lesson. And not exactly. actually, more us than Elijah. Because Elijah seemed to already have learned the lesson. Yes, yep. quite. <laughs> so, I mean, it's more for us, the listeners. But he was the, he's, he's us in this character, in, in this person. So this is one of the first characteristics of, you know, of uh, prayer, is that we have to uh, get outside the world. We have to get outside the noise of, of, the, of the world today that doesn't allow us to hear the voice of God. So we have to, to go for, for peace, for tranquility, for something uh, very profound in our heart in order to listen and be able to hear God speaking to us. Mm -hmm. So in other words, Father, and this is something important, no, when we persevere in prayer, right? Then our faith will grow beyond the feelings. And of that's course, probably exactly. going over the first step. Mm, if some, some of our listeners want to bring the initial steps of prayer to something more, be ready for dryness, be ready to not to feel anything, but that's good news. It's not bad news. That exactly. means that we, our faith is growing beyond our feelings, and that's spiritual maturity, right? Absolutely. So if I pray only because God listens to my prayer and gives me what I want, I'm not really praying. No, you're self-adoring. <laughs> Oof, you're that's you're a narcissist. I'm just you're a for, spiritual narcissist. I'm just there for the bread and the fish, you know, but, but not really for the Word of God. So I'm not really praying. There's, a, there's a very famous um, spiritual writer from the 1800s, uh, Don Schultard, in mm -hmm. his old apostolate. And he says, what does God expect of us? This, that we should remain in intimate union with Him, that living members of Jesus Christ... We should draw from him alone all of our life, our energy, our activity, and our apostolate. That's prayer. That's beautiful. That's, That's prayer. Beautiful. That's the essence of prayer. Now, is it, that union with God. But do you see do you see feelings? The warm fuzzies aren't there. There could there could be feelings, but it's not the core element. But feelings are important, right? Imagine, I mean, a relationship without feelings is also a monster. Or, or, yeah, but, 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 but the problem is that a lot of people are addicted to it. It's sort of like the uh, the sugar addiction. And it's an addiction issue. Exactly. And it's the first step of maturity. Let's put it that it is, way, right? It is absolutely essential. So, so we have, you know, the, 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 the four stages of prayer that are very important that and they are you know, called acts. Yes, no? yes, Father, because <laughs> this is also very interesting in a sense that we are not alone in this quest and in this problem, no? St. Paul himself says that, no, this is, this is impossible for us to pray the way we should. But we need to ask the Holy Spirit. This ties very well with our you know, previous yeah. program yeah, about exactly, the Holy Spirit. Exactly. But what, I mean, if all those who would like to go there d d don't miss the program about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. But besides that, um, how can we help? Because there are obstacles and obviously the moment we are doing well in prayer, the devil is going to do everything so that he can disrupt us, distract us, uh, I don't know, break everything that is a process of prayer. And, and St. Paul, Paul talks about that, right? Very, very, very openly. Yes, in, in the letter to, to the Romans, he says clearly, look, if you don't know how to pray, don't worry, because the Holy Spirit reads your heart. So you have to, uh, to have it in your heart. This is what is important in prayer. What is in the, in the, the essence, in, in the, the center of your heart, this is really your prayer, and not the words that you're saying. <laughs> or let other people see you praying. Exactly. 
You're just praying for the others, but you're not talking to the others, therefore, not to God. So, ACTS, the first thing is adoration. So it's an A. acronym, A-C-T-S. Exactly. Right? So we're going to have A. it projected somewhere here. <laughs> <laughs> adoration, adoration. So, ad orem, it means precisely this, no, you're praying to the highest uh, being that exists, you, the, the highest point of your uh, your spiritual life or of your your uh, your mind etc your creator you are adoring you are praying at orare orare means uh, pray no so um this is beautiful because the word has the two meanings no you're adoring and at the same time you it means that you're praying so to pray and adore is it's uh, it, it goes together so the first thing is that that you have to adore god you have to greet him This is why we you know the the uh, the prayer that Jesus taught us starts our Father. You have to call him Father. It's beautiful because when we recognize that we are his children and that he is our Father, then the relation you know is there. That's that's the the, the basis of our relation is to understand that we are the sons of God and we are not God. <laughs> because our tendency is to say to tell God what to do. You know, what, what do you have to give me, you know? No, wait a minute, you're the son. The father knows better than you. So, adoration. Secondly, contrition. Like David, you know, the miserere, you have to recognize that you are a sinner. That you have been conceived in original sin, that you, compared to God, you're a sinner. Regardless how big or small a sinner you are, still, compared to God, We are all sinners. We're all the same because he's so much far away from us that that us seen from God, we're all the, all the same. <laughs> we're all the same. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't mean that we are all the same. We're all different. But from from his point of view, we are all the same. We're all sinners. So we have to asking for forgiveness. This is the second thing that we have to do in our prayer: ask forgiveness. Lord, have mercy on me, as uh, at. Um, David, you know, was uh, addressing his Psalm 51, the famous Psalm, the Miserere. Yeah. Because all, all what God really wants is, uh, is to see a contrite and humble heart. Precisely. And that is what opens the heart of God. No? That, that's beautiful. If we are just going to go there thinking that, oh, I have done this, that is good, or that, that is a merit and everything else. God, no, he... <laughs> of course. <laughs> The, the Pharisee and the publican no? in the temple. Exactly. No, well, that parable is really amazing. It's amazing. Eh? How, how yes, poignant. Very, 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 uh, you can imagine the Pharisee of the time <laughs> having trumpeters ahead of him, having people, you know, just saying, and then finally here I am. Goes, here I am no? God, look at me. <laughs> Lord, thank you because I'm not like that one that cheats, that one that steals, that one that, no, I am not. Exactly. He was proud of his virtue. Exactly. In front of God. He was he was not adoring God, and 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 he 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 was not uh, any contrition. No? He was just praising himself, and instead of praising God, he, it's, it's completely upside down. And in contrast, you have the figure of the publican who is in the back of the of the well, this, the temple is in darkness, you know, saying, "Lord, I'm sorry for I am a sinner." And our Lord goes very directly. You know, he says, "Who left justified? Justification is." A lot like Brother Justin. I don't know justification. The, the, the book of the letter of Romans, of course. It's a, it's a salvation. It's, it's everything, yes. Exactly. It's everything. So 
For him to leave justified, whoever oh. left justified is... He, he was canonized, let's yeah. say. He left a <laughs> saint. But Jesus himself. Man. And you can see, it's a difference between the two, it's a difference of attitude. One just he's says that he's a exactly. contrite and humble heart, and the other one just is boasting about bringing more trumpets. So, you know, just, There's an interesting quote again from Don Schultar, which will fit in well here, which he says, the soul of all of our works, whether it is external or internal, must be this, to render homage to God. Beautiful. Exactly. So that's it. If that's our spiritual lives have that element, we'll be like the publican. Exactly. We're saved. If the center of our devotion, no matter how many rosaries we pray, how many ways to cross, how many times we lay prostrate in the middle of a church, people walking over on top of us, uh, whatever, and if it doesn't have that element as the core, it's useless. Completely, completely. It has no value. And, and also, you put uh, ashes, uh, ashes on, your, on your head, etc. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also something beautiful as well, no? And is that God wants us to be successful. God doesn't want to have his children to be losers. No, no not at all. He wants to be us to be successful. And what is to be successful in the plan of God? It's exactly to fulfill his will. And how are we going to get there? Well, through prayer. Because without prayer... <laughs> But I think an element exactly. that sometimes we have is we lose we lose a little bit of we we get into prayer and we kind of lose ourselves. It's not happening. It's not working. And Saint Francis de Sales says, um, "Have patience with all things. Chiefly, have patience with yourself." <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. We tend to associate yeah. patience with other patience with others. I know patience with ourselves. When so it comes to the point that you're bringing up here, it's very important because without that, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. No. Like. That it doesn't happen. Not at all. So stay with us. We are coming back with this acronym ACTS, and it's going to be phenomenal to help us bring our prayer to the next level. If you're liking this program, there are ways to support it. And one of those is to acquire the latest book we have for children, Saint Faustina and the Divine Mercy. In this book, children can learn about Divine Mercy, children can learn about the life of Saint Faustina, and you as a parent, maybe as an uncle, as an educator, can help them to discover this beautiful treasure. The book is available in versions in English, Spanish, and French, and you can order right away in the notes of the program. So order your copy today, Saint Faustina and the Divine Mercy, comes in three languages and it's going to be a beautiful gift for your children, for somebody else's children, and even for yourself. So here we are back uh, talking about prayer with Father Arthur and with Brother Justin. And now, Father, so we, we, we spoke about adoration. We spoke about the necessity of contrition. contrition. And what's next then? <laughs> Thanksgiving. O T. Thanksgiving. So, so A-C-T. No. Exactly. So we uh, need to to be thankful to God and to recognize the wonderful thing that he gives us. You have, be, you have to be, you know, a son that is uh, thankful to his father for everything that he's given to you. Filled with gratitude, right? This is one of the major problems. Again, again pulling back to one of the other, our other episodes, but the prodigal son, right? The younger son trusted his father, mm -hmm. although he had done the worst things possible. Yeah. But he believed his father would accept him back. Exactly. So he, and he, in a sense, he had gratitude to his father for all that he had done. The one who lacked gratitude was the older son. Completely. He basically curses out his father. And he refuses to see where his father is. Just understand where his father was at that moment. He didn't accompany his father 
in his grief that the younger boy had what, what he had done. And he didn't have that element of love. Nothing. He, he was serving the father, but without love. He was not loving, and he, didn't, he was not thankful for all the things that the father was giving him, and he was not seen. He was blind. He was blind. But, Father, can, can we help our, our audience here to somehow visualize gratitude in a better manner? And I'm saying this yes. because we have a new religion that is all over, and it's not a religion, I mean, it's, it's spirituality without religion, no? it's called mindfulness, right? Sorry. And many of the mindfulness uh, team there, they, they talk a lot about gratitude, and they talk a lot about gratitude. The, the only issue is that they, some, for some reason, I don't know, maybe it's just my impression, but some reason, they tend to divorce God from gratitude. And so we, I don't know, we thank maybe the clouds that are over us. We thank, I don't know, the air that is around us, no? <clears throat> and, and that's a profound deviation. But if we are going to have a real um, prayer, the way, the way the Catholics know, we, we want to pray, it would be nice to help our audience to define gratitude. So, of which course. is Thanksgiving, as they were saying. Gratitude has two dimensions, hmm? to be careful. We need to be very thankful for what we have already received, so start, starting by baptism, all the graces that God has given us. And let's say that somebody is not baptized. Also, he should be grateful to God because, first of all, he's alive. He has existence. His existence. He exists and he knows that somebody created him. So he has to be thankful. If he has a good heart, he has to be thankful. And then, of course, as an answer to his attitude, God will make him understand where is baptism, who is Jesus Christ, who is the church, the mother of Jesus, etc., all the things. So, Two dimensions. One is the past. The second is what God has promised us. We need to be thankful for all the promises that God has given us that He is going to give us life eternal. He is going to, He promised that because of His goodness, He is going to save us and give us something that we didn't deserve. He's going to give us something wonderful. So we need to approach Him already with a an, an enormous um, act of uh, thankfulness, even though if we have nothing now, even though we are poor and things are going bad, well, you know, uh, our friends are, have abandoned us, you know, we have lost our job and this and this, etc. It can happen and it happens to each one of us. Huh? It happens, you, you always have bad news coming, but still you're thankful because you know that he loves you and he's going to take you out of this misery. He's going to give you something that you cannot even imagine how beautiful it is. Now, we also have to be careful with the way God creates us, because, of course, He gives us instincts, and without the instincts, we would die. I mean, instinct of conservation is fundamental. And without that, we just would do crazy things, and then we would get killed, right? And so that's why God gives us the in instincts. But the problem with the instincts is that in that, um, what, in that mo move, no, in that movement we have towards uh, survival, <laughs> we tend to concentrate in everything that is missing. Because yeah. it's part of the instinct, exactly. right? Okay, I'm hungry. If I don't eat, I'll die. Therefore, I have to eat. So, uh, naturally speaking, we tend to concentrate on what is lacking. But we need to be able to, to, to balance that because otherwise we don't count on the blessings we have. So let's say uh, the, 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 there is a very nice uh, exercise that is there, and I think you know for the people in the audience they would do that. You know, step one, two, three times in the middle of the day, and dedicate just five minutes. But find ten things you can be thankful for, and it could be super simple. 
I'm here with Justin and my father, not talking about these beautiful things. How much I have to thank for this. Um, we're here inside and we are dry. We're in the studio. Oh, well, you know, nobody's bombarding us. Nobody's shooting us. You know, somehow, <laughs> sounds a little bit more, more drastic. We know that we have people that love us who are watching to us and listening to us. So what we know that they love us. So we're, we are happy with what this. What a blessing. Maybe 3,000 people will, will watch this or more. Exactly. Beautiful. And so those simple things help us to learn how to be thankful. Uh, otherwise, we're just missing... Oh, we don't have five million viewers, you know? <laughs> we start, no, oh, we, we don't have a better studio. Oh, we I mean, there is always a ton of things that are going to be negativistic. And we forget the blessings we have. To count our blessings, that's gratitude. But this is also important, um, important for parents with children. This is something that's very lacking in the generation that we have today that are children. They have a sense of entitlement. And I mean this, and this is, I want to, to reach this point, but I also want to back it up because it, it, it has a more global effect, which is that uh, everything is theirs because it should be. So I say thank you for nothing because everything is due. It's all due. Everything I receive is, is mine already. It should have been given. And if it wasn't given, then you have taken from me. So the sense of entitlement in children is absolutely destructive. Terrible. But the problem is, is that our other generations, the generations who are having the children, they have the same problem. And this is generational. But this is why it's such an important practice, because we need to break this circle of this nasty helix of sorts that is winding its way through the generations. Because the further and further this gets deeper into people, the more people can never be generous. Oh, never. <clears throat> it's not a bunch of, I won't be generous today. No, no, never. Never be generous. Never, ever. And the procession of negative thoughts continues to grow and grow and grow. And then, you're, and and then you have the problem of perpetual victimhood. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're always a victim of something. As imaginary as it could be, it's always... Because you have all the rights, even to go against the law of God, you have all the rights, no you have no obligations. No responsibilities. No responsibilities. Absolutely. This is a, I, I think that we live in a time in which... Uh, uh, never before people had prayed so little. We have people who pray, it's true, but among even those among the, who pray, you know, we should see if they're really praying uh, according to uh, to the uh, to the will of God, according to, to the scriptures or not, etc. But but how many people who don't pray and they have the wrong attitude towards God because they 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 don't adore Him, they don't want to thank Him. They're not sorry for the wrong thing they, they did, etc. I know you're going to continue on this point. Just, I just wanted, there's a, there's a point that's right here. It's kind of sticking sticking its ugly thumb out and saying hello, which is some people have an approach to in prayer as though that they're doing God a favor. Yeah, exactly. Okay, or, or, or that they're going to somehow be able to have a mercantile relationship with God, saying, I did this these prayers, now pay me. And it's... It's a part of this entitlement problem, but it's a different angle. But it's so sad, and it's so it's it it's so soul deadening, in which there is no way that this is going to grow. There's there is no direction that this, this is hopeful. How is prayer sure. going to flourish there? How impossible? It, it's mm -hmm. salted ground. It, it's dead. So. So we are saying adoration, contrition, thanksgiving. Precisely. Anything else about thanksgiving, Father? That we should be saying. No, let's let's go to the uh, to the last one. To the last one. Then last we can but give a, least. Uh, an overview. 
but it's supplication, S, supplication. supplication. So then, yes, we're going to ask God everything that we need, but He knows better than us. But still, He wants us to ask. This is why to, to, the, to that uh, blind man who, who okay, said, Lord, have pity on me, etc. What do you want? It was obvious that he wanted to see. <laughs> but our Lord but he addressed the bigger problem that he had, mm -hmm. not the secondary problem that he thought he had. He healed his soul first, yes. and then healed his eyes. Exactly. He thought his big problem was that he was blind. And it wasn't. The big problem was his soul. Once the soul was cured, the eyes were cured, he was a different person. Completely. But perhaps we are, you know, many of our contemporaries confuse prayer with selfishness because yeah I talk to God when I need and when I stop in, stop needing I don't talk to him anymore and it's like supplication but without adoration without thanksgiving without contrition and how can we expect that something like this could be successful no, no because prayer. prayer is not a monologue you know something that you are praying you are no no wait uh, God is talking to you <laughs> again the, the, what you already mentioned earlier the question of the Pharisee um, in the publican, if you look at the prayer, uh, prayer, if we could call it that, okay, of, of, of the Pharisee, it was a monologue. He was telling God oh, what, yeah. what's up. Yeah. Look, I'm good. He's bad. He's bad. He's bad. He's bad. Right? Listen to sure. me. Listen to me. I'm talking. I'm important. <laughs> hear my trumpet? Did you hear my trumpet? That was the doorbell. Um, and then you have the publican. The publican was entering into a conversation. Lord, have mercy on me. And I'm waiting for an answer. Exactly. And I'm doing it again. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he's he 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 is he's acknowledging who God is. He is sorry for his sin. He's thankful for the ability to be in his presence. And what is he asking for? Pardon. Precisely. He's nothing it's not a interested ask. It's not interested. So to a soul like this, then yes, God will answer and will tell him many, many things, much more than he can ask them. So Yes, we have to ask for material things. We have to ask for oral needs, etc. But always take into consideration that God knows better than us what we need. And if He doesn't give us what we ask, it is because He's going to give us something better than what we are asking. Many times I think when we ask for things, um, we are like toddlers in a home in which we cry and complain when we don't mm -hmm. get what we want. But the reality is that we're looking for the cleaning, um, the cleaning drawer of the house, and we're trying to drink bleach, or we're trying to drink, uh, eat a rat poison, or we're trying to stick our fingers in the light socket. <laughs> and the parrot is offering food and, and so many better things, but we're interested in killing ourselves. And we're upset, the child. Have you ever seen a child like this? And then on top of everything, we throw a temper tantrum, Oh, right? absolutely. We're all, <laughs> yeah. that's already happened. I cannot put my fingers in and the... And they scream and they yell, and, and the they have no socket. way of understanding that that very thing would injure, hurt, or kill. And we do the same thing. We ask for... How many How many people pray um, uh, novenas for to win the lottery? Because if I win mm -hmm. the lottery, yeah. I would be such a holy person. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, in the life of the, the Kura Fars, there was this phenomenal case in which I think was a young lady or a gentleman and they were blind and I'm, I'm not if I, I don't know if I'm confusing Padre Pio with with uh, the Cura Fars but the case is this so he or she goes and says you know Father please cure me and then uh, the saint goes and says yes but uh, 
keep something in mind. If you recover your eyesight, you may lose your soul. Would you still like that? Because he, he was ready to perform the miracle or not, but depended on the person. And so the person said, well, if that is the case, then I prefer to continue blind so I can save myself. So it's interesting, no? in that sense that we, we may know what to pray and how to pray and how to ask, but sometimes God has something more important. Of course, it could be power. I mean, painful, but it's for the best, best of our, but our situation. Lord, our Lord made mention of that in the Gospels, where he was, they, 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 it was a paralytic who was presented to him, and they said, "For which of his ancestors did his he, he suffered this because of the sin?" And he goes, "Why do you think it's a sin? Maybe it's for the glory of God." We don't see things mm -hmm. through God's eyes, as exactly. you've already mentioned. We have to remember that. So. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. And most times we don't see the reasons. We're stuck with our very small eyes seeing our very difficult situation we're living in. And getting and impatient. Don't, and very impatient. And again, Francis de Sales, we must be patient, especially with ourselves. Sure. And we have to be perseverant. So we, uh, we need to understand that the bad things that happen in our lives means that God, if we take them well, God is going to give us something, you know, proportionate to the suffering that he, he has asked us. So he's going to give us something wonderful that then, because we persevered, we will deserve a reward that is absolutely extraordinary. We'll probably go back to the beginning of the program, no? in that sense, that uh, when feelings fail, yet then our experience no? in that relationship with God is much more deep and actually becomes mature. Sure, because prayer and sacrifice actually goes together. We cannot pray without, you know, saying, no, okay, I, I don't want any sacrifice. I don't want to, to follow the will of God if it's painful for me. Hmm. And then you don't deserve anything. <laughs> but if you accept to follow Jesus, even if it's going to be painful, then he's going to give you a, a, a joy and a happiness that is absolutely extraordinary. So the, um, that widow in the parable on Matthew 18, the parable of the persevering widow, it's a beautiful uh, parable in which uh, uh, Jesus uh, puts a, a judge, and it's very common in the parables that, uh, that the, the situation is a little bit complicated because the judge is a bad person. He's corrupt. <laughs> yeah, but he represents God, nevertheless. Yeah. No? <laughs> He's corrupt. Jesus, who is God, makes God to be bad. Exactly, exactly. It's amazing. To, to <laughs> underline the situation. Precisely. So, <laughs> nevertheless, she perseveres and she continues, you know, knocking at, at, at his door, etc. And then in the parable, the bad judge will say, well, okay, the only way to get rid of this person for, for a bad reason, I'm going to make her justice. So, he finishes by saying, Okay, if this is what the, a, a bad judge does, bad imagine judge. a good one. Yeah. So it's beautiful, the parable in that sense. Is so basically fantastic. he dismisses her and gives her what she wants just because of the insistence. Exactly. Right? But it's interesting because what, God, what our Lord did with that was that he brought the parable, the story, towards the human position. Right? You're much, maybe, maybe today is different. Uh, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it's much easier, at least the listeners at that time were very much easier for them to encounter a corrupt judge than find a just judge. So, he gave them an instance where they, they understood how, how impossible this was going to be. 
and understand the power of prayer. And then he switched it. And he goes, but imagine a good judge. Exactly. Thank God. She lifted exactly. up their eyes and got them out of their quagmire they were, they were looking at. There's also one of the other parables, no? When our Lord points out, and no, I think it's the book of Proverbs that the gold, gold is refined by fire. And also in, in that dryness of prayer or difficulties and so on, uh, God, of course, he doesn't, doesn't want to torture us. He's a father. But also wants his children, no, daughters and sons, to purify their prayer. Exactly. And this is one of the effects of prayer is that it that makes the soul become as our Lord Jesus Christ. It becomes to be similar to him. It becomes to to be closer to him. Transform. To, to transform into, into Jesus Christ it, by the perseverance. In the Old Testament, that would be referred to as the discipline of the Lord. That dryness and that difficulty. That was a way in which we would purify ourselves of all of our sins, but become more like him. Um, in the same, same idea as our Lord in the garden, suffering everything he did. What sin did he commit? None. But he went through everything. To be to show us what we needed to go through. Now, unless we believe we've been through our own garden of olives yet, we've got a lot. It's the problem of entitlement you were mentioning, yeah. right, brother Justin? Because I mean, to become a medical doctor, to become a lawyer, to to master a trade, you have to persevere. You have to practice. You have to be there. You have to study, study hard, and we want prayer just to come, you know, from 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 above without us. Putting our part. You, know? you give up as soon as there is something difficult or something that you don't understand, etc. You, you give up. You will never reach the goal. Never. So this is a very, very important message for those who are listening. No, I mean, if we, for some reason, have given up many times, exactly. well, this perhaps this is the opportunity in which we can say, okay, this has happened up to now. Let's amend our ways. Let's do it better. Let's continue to persevere. Because it's really in the perseverance that is where we can find. Exactly. Huh? And, and you can imagine the heart of Jesus uh, listening to the prayer of somebody who's not been... Uh, um, attended. Selfish, interested. Exactly. So, uh, but he perseveres because he trusts in Jesus. He trusts trust in God. There, that gets a big part there. Is that he trusts in God? Exactly. When we, when we are suspicious, or we, or we're we doubt, uh, or tentative, mm -hmm. the question is: Do we have trust? Do we have confidence? No. And that question answer comes up most likely a negative. Right? We don't have real trust. Um, a child who loves their who loves their parent, they reach out to their their parent and they, you know, they basically jump into the arms of their parent. They trust that their parent's going to catch them. They don't doubt. They don't think their child their parent's going to drop them. That's like that's not no, in the of course that's not in the possibility. Exactly. And sometimes the child, I'm talking two and three years old, they will in a sense trust so much that they will demand the impossible from their parents, because. They're certain that their parents will do, will do the it. impossible. Um, and that's expected. And they have absolute trust that it's possible. Like their parents are super people. And the way we relate, we relate with God is that we don't trust. And we think that God is a moral monster who wants to hurt us. Yeah. So it's a beautiful psalm, Adam 45. The Lord is near to all who call on him. So if you call on him. If you pray. Exactly. If you pray. He is near to you. That moves. Therefore, that the moves more the you heart call, of God. yeah, okay, exactly. Because you, you're, you're talking to him. You're trusting him. So he, he will get closer. So the more you call, the more he will get closer to, uh, to you. To all who call on him in trust. 
This is Psalm 145. You should have it, you know, <laughs> in, in your in front of you every morning. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, also, wrong. if you look at the uh, the later books in the Old Testament, Hosea and what have you, you talk about how God's heart was broken by the Israelites, broken by their infidelity. Exactly. But but who is faithful? God is faithful. God's still there. They and your hands, not so much. And he's constantly trying. And I think that's where the problem is in our prayer life, is that we are very much like Israel. We've run after everything else except God, and God keeps being faithful with his promises, but we're not. Exactly. And that's the role of Our Lady, no? because for the chosen people, they were never faithful. Let's put it this yeah. way. I mean, the, you you look throughout the whole Sad Old Testament is one after the other, one covenant broken after the other, and yet in the end of the story, because of Our Lady, Israel reaches the maximum degree of fidelity because she's the glory of Jerusalem. She's the you know precise because she trusts in God, her love, her trust, uh, you know, overshadowed all the infidelities of, of the, the chosen people. She had every right, naturally speaking, to be entitled. She didn't have to exactly. sin. She wasn't in the state of sin. She wasn't broken, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But she herself puts herself as a slave. She puts herself lower. And when she and when and when this request is made of her by God to be the mother of of Jesus, her only question is: Is that how does this match? Sure. How does this match? Please help me with this point. How does this work out? And that's what, and then the angel, of course, replies and says, make, sure. makes it very clear. And how important this is, the topic, you know, for those who have done the consecration to Our Lady, for those who are going to do the consecration to Our Lady, if we want our prayer really to flourish, really to move to the next uh, level, well, we need to have Our Lady on our side. And if we're, if we're talking about the heart of God that is moved, what about the heart of a mother, which is Our Lady? She is going to be moved seeing us that we struggle with prayer. Obviously, she will. In the same way that the, the Our Father is a perfect prayer, of course, that we do to uh, to to God the Father, the Magnificat is the perfect prayer to our Lord Jesus Christ from uh, a faithful, from from uh, one of us. In her humility, she claims the position of sinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she makes herself one of us. Exactly. Right, and and that is she's not a sinner, but but we we are. But she is our mother. Yeah. Therefore, she. In a sense, she assumes that disgrace. So we need to pray. So prayer is extremely important. And this is, if you can, you know, convey this message to all those who are listening to us, how important it is to pray, to pray adoring God, action, adoring God, pray, to pray with thanksgiving, to pray with contrition, and then to pray uh, with supplication, asking everything that we want with perseverance. Then and trust. And, and trust, then everything will will be better in your in your life. Of course, there are obstacles. This is not the topic of this program. Probably of, of our next uh, next episodes coming up. Yeah. Obstacles to prayer. But uh, how important this is? Because if we really want to be successful in the eyes of God, which is to fulfill exactly His intention that He had creating us, the only way to be successful is through prayer. Precisely. We are not going to do this. God is going to do it in us. Of course. Beautiful. The uh, Saint Alphonsus de Gurri has a very beautiful book, uh, "Prayer: The Means of the Great Means of Salvation," uh, in which he has a maxim in there, which he says, "He who prays saves himself; he who does not pray condemns himself." That's pretty straightforward. Yeah, very straightforward. straightforward. Very, very clear. We, we, to finish, we can mention Jeremiah twenty-nine. You know, 
He says, when you call me, this is God speaking through Jeremiah, when you call me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. You know? It's a promise it's by a promise. God himself. But, by God himself. But again, this is late. This is late Old Testament. The the the, the chosen people have, were so far from where they should have been. And it's and this is where people have a lot of time. So they, they, they say, well, I've committed so many sins. God won't listen to me. The chosen people at this point were about as far as they could possibly oh, yes. be. They were far. Terrible. Yes. This is the point where we this lose is, the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, those and everything. The this exile is, to Babylon. This is such. terrible. But God is there. No matter what condition, we, like I, I, I think it's in Jeremiah. It, though your sins are as red as scarlet, I will accept you. So, have trust. Professor Plinio Corrado Oliveira used to bring about uh, something that a medieval writing had. Now he says, "Okay, uh, Judas, are you as bad as Judas? No. And yet Judas could have reached complete forgiveness if he had asked for." So someone would say, oh, well, but there's no no, no hope for me. Uh, are you Judas? <laughs> Did you sell Jesus for telecom? No, you didn't. Then there is. <laughs> Because even for he himself, there was hope. Beautiful, beautiful. So let's finish with a prayer. I think we, we, we should uh, we should pray today the Our Father, which is the, uh, you know, in Matthew 6, 9, 13. This is a, a passage of the scripture that all Catholics know, the Our Father. No? <laughs> But it contains our acronym, right? A, C, T, S, exactly. in every part. Yeah, it's pure acts. <laughs> Absolutely. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, and forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou amongst women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen.